everyone. This is Krista. I want to welcome you to the live Ask Me Anything. Cool. Or Ask awesome. Us Ask Us Anything. Yeah, well, Krista asked me to sit in on this, and uh, anything that she can't answer, um, she's going to throw it to me. So. That's right. Go so which is it, which I say, sure, I'll, I'll take anything <laughs> you can't answer, because I know you'll be able to answer That's everything. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. But, so everyone, just so you know, this is my husband, Bob, or Robert, as he goes by. Uh, I like your secret agent name is Bob, something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I guess we wait for people to show up here. Yeah, they're building our audience. So how does this work? We just wait for, does yeah, it show? Yeah, it'll show down here. It'll show down here yeah. when somebody shows, pops yeah. in here. So I feel, I'm feeling so professional, um, talking into an iPhone camera. Anyways. Uh, so be sure to send us your questions if you have questions on uh, supernatural ministry, healing, deliverance, um, anything along those lines. We'd love to talk to you about that. And uh, not that we're total experts in these things, but um, it's all conversations that we love to talk about. We've been on a pretty crazy adventure with the Holy Spirit last approaching two years now. Has it really been two years? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got someone. All right. Yay. Someone's on on board here. I wonder yeah. who. So who's it say is on? It'll it'll pop up eventually. Okay. So I'm just gonna tilt this a little bit here. Okay. That's bugging you. Camera. All right. Professional and me likes to. All right. So uh, oh, it's Mary Beth. Mary Beth. All right, sponsors. Sponsor. Okay. All right. My glasses on so I can read that screen. It's me. It's Mary Beth. Hi, Mary Beth. So um. Anyway, so yeah, send us your questions on uh, supernatural ministry, healing, deliverance, uh, or even any general theology questions, uh, something about our testimony. If you want to get more information about what we've been through, you can text that to us and we'll see it pop up in the scroll there. So, um, Bob, uh, every week, Bob goes to volunteer at our church's food pantry. Where a lot of people who are needy and um, indigent come to get food. And uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit, because that's a really good way that you've had to, um, <coughs> see I'm going to start with the coughing now. That's a great way that you've had to, as a regular basis, go pray for the sick. So what happened today when you went to Mercy Gate? Um, okay, so yeah, let's see here. The, Two things. Uh, there's one guy that came by, and I remembered him from last time because I remember I had prayed for him, and, and I couldn't quite remember exactly what the issue was, uh, but I was busy with something else. And finally, uh, he stopped me, and he said that, hey, yeah, you prayed for me, and, and his, his back or neck was feeling so a lot better. I guess I prayed for his back or his neck or something like that. And so uh, well, Mary Beth, she said, how has the new shift in your experience with the Holy Spirit affected your conservative denominational roots? Positive, negative, rough, beautiful. Love the testimonies. Yeah, okay. great. We can talk about that. So, yeah, anyway, just to finish the story, uh, yeah, there was a guy, I guess, that came and I prayed for him. And I couldn't remember exactly what the specific thing I prayed for, but he came back and he said, yeah, he's still feeling freedom and stuff from that. So. I wanted to hunt him down and find more about that, but he had left, and I, oh. I just got so busy and stuff. But then there was this other guy I prayed for, 
and he was having all sorts of back problems and stuff like that. He a lot had, of back problems. He had a, yeah, he had a, a degenerative uh, disc in his mm-hmm. neck, and so I prayed for him, and, and he said he could feel improvement as I was praying um, over the, de- the disc, and the pain was going and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that, that's, about, that's about all there, so. So we really, I, I think the biggest lesson I've learned from your experience at Mercy Gate in the last year is just um, the importance of diligence. It's like you just show up there every week to do your thing. And yeah. it's been a great training ground to be able to pray for the sick yeah. and have the Holy Spirit teach you. Some some nights you come home and it's kind of discouraging. Well, I mean, at, nights, first, yeah. at first it was, I was kind of, you know, be it discouraging because you know i was first learning how to pray for people and healing you see all these great healing videos online um so i was like yeah great i want to see that fruit and then sometimes you know i wouldn't see any fruit and stuff but you know over time you just kind of just you just go into it not really knowing what to expect and you just kind of just just press into it and sometimes you're really surprised of the times you don't may not see anything but the mindset is it doesn't matter what you see or you're it's it it is going to bear fruit and it will bear fruit, even though you may not necessarily see it right away, because you know that God's word and the efforts in God's kingdom is never returns void. Something right. good is going to happen as a result of that. So if, I've learned to just you know just have that mindset. Don't be caught up on you know what do you see or what results you see. As long as you're pressing into God's kingdom and loving people, and you know it's it's always going to do something good. That's good. That's a good word. Yeah. And we don't always see it right away, but then it's always nice when you, they come back months later and yeah. give you a, a good report. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted to talk to that guy, get more information from yeah. him, but uh, I guess the, God wasn't, didn't have that mind. It wasn't meant to be yeah. this time around. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about Mary Beth's question here. She wants to know how the shift in our experience with the Holy Spirit has affected our conservative denominational roots. Positive, negative, rough, beautiful. I love how you phrased that. Um, and I want to encourage anyone else who joins us, if you have questions for Bob and I on um, healing, deliverance, supernatural ministry, mm-hmm. uh, general theology, we'll uh, take those questions. Um, Mary Beth, that's such a great question. Uh, Bob and I... Trying to reconnect. Yeah, there. I think it's good. Oh. I think we're still alive. Uh, Bob and I both came from uh, conservative Baptist churches, and we still attend a conservative Baptist church. And um, I think it would probably vary church by church, but in our particular situation, um, it's been a blessing. I think we've been pretty well received. Um, Kind of our approach has been um, to just sort of love people and um, allow them to see the fruit. That's kind of been our two-pronged strategy yeah. is that if people see the fruit of what we're doing and they see that it's sown in love we're not trying to change the church we're not trying to change the leadership we're just being who we are in the holy spirit and <clears throat> walking in that in a genuine way being ourselves people have seen such changes in us that that fruit has really i think been real for people. So I think I think that the another way of putting it is like, yeah, we've um, had so much 
uh, freedom and our and our Christian lives and, and spiritual lives have been so much more has been turbocharged as a result of letting the Holy Spirit uh, coming into our lives and and uh, it's just been has been such a huge um, boost in our Christianity. Yeah. Um, and yes, we want other people to have the same boost, but uh, we want it to come as a result of the work of the, of the Holy Spirit pre- pressing in into their lives. We don't do it like because you know we're we're forcing someone to accept the Holy Spirit. We want we want this to be something that that person wants to seek the Holy Spirit in. And so um, that's why we want to be fruit. We want to bear fruit, and that, that their spirit, the people watching us and seeing the fruit, that there's that we uh, invigorate something in that that person's spirit, man, and that they'll cause them to want to seek the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's really what it's about. It's about them kind of reinvigorating their relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, and you know, we're happy to talk about it, but you know, we're not like saying, "Hey, you have to do this," and you know, we don't want to do the Holy Spirit's job in, in convincing people, uh, but we want to at least be a witness and tell people and be a light and bear fruit. But it's really up between that person and, and their relationship with the Holy Spirit if they, yeah. w- they want to press into that. Yeah. So um, we're just hoping that, you know, that will just continue. So. Yeah, I like how you say that, Mary Beth. It's the authentic move of the Holy Spirit and Jesus' people um, and the Holy Spirit and Jesus has said that people are hungry for that. And I totally agree. I think that there is a hunger among people to see authentic Christianity lived out in front of them. And um, I think that Bob and I probably prior to a year or so ago, we thought we were living in a very authentic way. It's just that when we started watching videos by Todd White and Tom Loud and others, it just gave us a different picture of possibilities and what could be there and i think that that drawing that picture holy spirit just used that to kind of enlarge our our framework our structure of of what it could what we could be and i guess the way i've kind of come to think about it is that uh you know we want to inspire other people to everyone that we meet you know who are christians to consider themselves to be ministers of the gospel and you know there's believers there's disciples, you know, they're more serious in their faith, and then there's ministers. And we really believe that's the call of every Christian to be a minister, and that's really what we're about. That's why we're doing this video cast, is we just want to inspire and help people to, to think of themselves as ministers. So there we go. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, and plus, you know, when we act, we want to uh, follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit might say, oh, go and talk to this person or go talk to that person and pray for this person. Or as we're praying for someone, the Holy Spirit might put something specific on us, on our minds, on how to pray and things like that. So we definitely, it's more important to be more open and to hear the Holy Spirit uh, and how he wants you to move than to just go out and say, oh, I want to do all these great things uh, because you, you want to do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and you want to do it in love, yeah. and so that's that was a lesson too that early on had to look. Facebook Live keeps dropping us out, but it, hopefully it keeps reconnecting us. So we're we're thinking we're, we're still talking to to you, and so we want to encourage you if you join us to uh, post some questions. And Mary Beth, I, I just want to say you know thanks for all your support, and you 
and Seth have been so beautiful and inspiring to me uh, as well over the years. And you're just, um, it's just great to be in life together and on this journey together. I think one of the things I'm learning about uh, the Holy Spirit's been teaching me lately is just how to trust him in um, what I am supposed to learn. The more that I'm in the realm of deliverance, the more that um, I have to learn. I, there's a lot of things for me to learn. I, there's a lot of things happening in the spirit realm that I just haven't tuned into in my life. And so what the Holy Spirit really challenged me a couple weeks ago to stop trying to research everything and figure everything out, but rather to have a posture of waiting. And then he was going to bring people and experiences and situations into my life to teach me. And I've had some pretty um, intense and uh, very learning prayer sessions mm -hmm. since Holy Spirit kind of challenged me with that. And um, But it's been good because it, it's almost like uh, manna in the wilderness. You know, uh, Holy Spirit doesn't tell me, uh, days before I go into a prayer appointment, what I need to know, but he tells me right on time, right before I'm supposed to be in the prayer appointment, he's giving me the information, and I'm learning how to just go day by day with that manna in the wilderness of what do I need to know today, Holy Spirit, to minister to your people, and um, that's what he's been teaching me. Maybe you can share a little bit about something yeah. the Holy Spirit's been uh, teaching you. Well, it's interesting how you phrase it, you know, it's like, you always have this hunger for learning, but you have to learn to just follow the Holy Spirit's prompting on yeah. that He's going to teach you what you need to do at the right time. And for me, it's it's more about doing things because I always felt like you know I always had to you know do things a certain way and do things right for, in order for God to love and accept me and stuff. And so I've just been learning that I can that God loves and accepts me already. I don't have to do anything to win His love, yeah, that's and that's good. been a big big thing for me to learn and, and not feel like I, oh, okay, in order for God to love me, I've got to go out and start witnessing to other people and start doing things. No, that's, that's not how this works, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I've had to learn to be content in just, just in the little things and not to feel so um, under pressure of like, okay, I've got to do these things and just to enjoy God's love and to be able to re receive God's love and be able to, to you know, to say, okay, this is good, this is all right, and and, and to, uh, and and in this process, I've been le learning and growing, being able to hear God uh, better because uh, I'm not, my mind isn't constantly um, thinking about, okay, what do I need to do? Since that's gone, I, I I'm now more free, more open to hear God's presence and His love for me, and that's been been very helpful. And so then, when when there are the times that I feel prompted from the Holy Spirit, okay, now do this or step into this, or or I might be talking to someone. There's someone I talked to at church yesterday, and we were talking, I felt like the Holy Spirit had a word for this person of encouragement. So I, so I just, just jumped right into that and said, yeah, hey, it felt like God wants me to encourage you in X, Y, Z, and stuff like that. And so that was that was a really good good word in the moment. And, then, and you know, I didn't feel like I had to perform a certain way, just like God used me in that moment. Uh, because I was open to hearing him, and, and I was just content. And yeah. So anyway, that, that's what God has been teaching me. That's cool. And it's fun. I think one of the things that I always like to share with people 
is in our relationship, uh, one of the things that's really brought us closer together is just taking time every day. It's been harder in the summer. With, we're a little less structured with the kids, but just taking that time to kind of sit down and check in with each other. What's God doing in your life? What's he teaching you? You're asking me what's he teaching me. And there's that way that we can support each other. And I can't, I can't honestly say that like prior to maybe a year, year and a half ago, that you and I really ever had those conversations. Like, what's God teaching you right now? <laughs> I'm not sure we ever talked like that before. I'm not even sure I ever even thought of like, oh, this is the project that the Lord and I are working on right now. That's a fairly new way of thinking. But if you ask me in any given day, like, hey, what's the Lord? What is the conversation you're in with the Lord? What's he teaching you right now? It's pretty clear to me, like, what the project is yeah. that we're working on together. Yeah. Plus, what's nice is if you come to your spouse and you say, how can I pray for you? What are your prayer needs? What do you need? It kind of puts you in a mode or in the light of, hey, I really want to care about you. I really want to listen to you. I really want to pray for your needs right now. And, and um, you know, if you, you know, in, in, like Krista said, you know, be you know, within a year or two years ago, you know, this would be kind of a rare, we would never really do this. And so, you know, the enemy would kind of, you know, built up stories in our minds of like, oh, this person did that and this person, they, you, you know, little things that kind of upset us. And so you kind of have this sort of animosity or hidden anger with someone else. But as soon as you start saying, hey, Cal, can I pray for you? Is there any, what, what do you're struggling with? How, what's God's teaching you? That just diffuses any kind of um, works of the enemy that you, that he might be planting lies in your mind uh, about your spouse, and and also with the other person too. If the if your spouse has any lies in in, in her mind or the other person's yeah. mind about you, and then all of a sudden you come into it and say, "Hey, how can I pray for you? How can I essentially how can I love you?" Then it just really says, "Oh, this person really does care about yeah. me." And, and it just just is a way to kind of help spiral your your marriage um, closer together. So yeah. it's a very very help, helpful thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that one of the most powerful uh, moments <clears throat> that you and I had in our marriage is one time, one of the very first times we were kind of praying together and um, asking the Lord to reveal lies that you and I had about each other. That was really a powerful moment for us of realizing that each of us was believing a lie about the other person, was causing us an offense, causing distance between us. And um, that was a huge turning point yeah. for us. Yeah. Yeah. And that reminds me of just something else that is just like one of the biggest aha moments is in the past two years is just, just how important it is just to stay on top of your thought life. Because before, just any thought that comes into your mind, you, you think it's yours, and you just come into agreement with it, and you're not very careful. And yeah. just because a thought comes to your mind, or even a feeling that, that sort of validates the thought, you think, oh, I have a right to this. But really, it's the enemy's way to kind of trick you into buying into you know, certain lies and feelings. And just yeah. because you have a thought, or just because a feeling comes, comes to you as a result of something doesn't mean you have to come into agreement with it. And that's been such a huge... That's been powerful. Yeah, that's been that's been such a powerful uh, freedom because, you know, something comes along and says, hey, I don't want to come into agreement with that. I don't want to come into agreement. 
and uh, it just... I don't want to come into agreement with fear about you. I don't want to come into agreement that you're angry at me. Or I don't want to come into agreement with paranoia, you know. And there's some conversations you and I will have with each other. We'll just admit to each other, hey, I'm getting a message right now that you're feeling this way. Or you're doing this. Or this is why you're doing it. We just sort of objectively admit that to each other. And then gives the other person opportunity to say, no, I'm not thinking that at all. <laughs> or I'm sorry it's coming across like that. And it's really kind of diffuses the enemy's plots against us. Yeah, yeah. So, so. you got to be real careful about your thoughts and what you're agreeing to and, and uh, just, just being on top of that. It's just so important. I think the thing about thoughts is that they seem so real. And I like your insight that especially when they have emotion behind them, they really seem real. Well, that's the enemy's plan is they have a, a, a two-part strategy. One is they can give you certain uh, thoughts, and once you come into agreement with those thoughts or lies, then they can then come in with a feeling to help back up those lies. And so if you're not thinking a thought, then they'll give you a feeling to sort of um, validate the, the yeah. thought, and then so the thought then validates the feeling and sort of keeps going back and forth. Yeah. And so this is this constant one-two punch. The, you get socked in the gut with some some feeling and that validates the thoughts and you just yeah. keep trapped in there. And, and so the, the sooner you can break that cycle, the better. And, and understand that this is really coming from the enemy. And so you have the control, the authority about what thoughts you want to come into agreement with. And the thing about thoughts is once you come into agreement with a thought, it then becomes a belief. And once it becomes a belief, then you start seeing things through the lens of that belief yeah. as, 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 okay, this is true because I'm seeing all these things because you've, you've married the thought. It's become a belief. And so you have to be aware of what beliefs you, you've, you've, you're, you hold and, and maybe come to understand, this may not be a good, healthy belief for me and, and come out of agreement with it and, and divorce that belief and yeah, get rid of it. You know? For sure. So um, it's very important to evaluate those things. I, I want to, let people know that they can send us their questions on healing, deliverance, supernatural ministry, and um, even just general theology. We can. Uh, Bob Bob would uh, like to field all those questions on general. Oh theology. sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> so those are, those are easy questions. I just ask. So what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, and I think that. One of the things that um, we're learning as we go, and we want to really emphasize that we're not experts on everything. We're, we're just learning. The Holy Spirit is teaching us as we go, and we love to just share our testimony and inspire people and um, to give them an opportunity to... Uh, get to know us a little better and some of the struggles that we've been in. Uh, we're not perfect people. We still have struggles, but life on this side of freedom is a lot better than it was yeah. two years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so if so, you join us, uh, maybe just uh, type in a little quick hello so we know who's who's joined in there. Yeah. We would uh, appreciate that. Uh, but now you're, you're teaching a class. This fall, on I am. the same topic, ask me anything? or No, it's kind of going to be more of a tough questions class. It's going to be at my church. 
So we'll be posting those messages as we go along. So you're going to um, ask yourself anything? Well, <laughs> kind of questions based on that I get a lot okay. um, related to doctrine, but mostly questions that unbelievers ask. And really the emphasis is on trying to help Christians to be equipped to engage in conversations with unbelieving family and friends so that they can uh, be giving good, thoughtful answers to very tricky, um, culturally relevant mm. topics. So, so what are some of the topics you're thinking of? Yeah, so a question that I get a lot is, um, you know, are there mistakes in the Bible? Uh, how was the Bible put together? Um, Bible translations? Uh, there's questions about... Um, how can God, how can there be one God in three persons? Isn't that a contradiction? Um, how do science and the Bible fit together, or do they? Are they in contradiction to each other? Because um, that's got great relevance to um, talking to our unbelieving friends that have more, that are more scientifically minded. Um, hope to have a couple of weeks to talk about the cultural conversation about gender issues. So those are some of the, the talks that we'll be I'll be doing. Okay. And I do want to let everyone know that I'm constantly adding to my YouTube channel. So if you haven't yet subscribed to my YouTube channel, go to Theology Mom and hit that subscribe button so you can uh, be sure to catch my recordings uh, as soon as I post them. And um, this has just been a great time of... Uh, in our lives, and so much has happened over the last 22 months. Um, it's hard to even believe how far we've come in our journey together. Um, yeah. But Amen. I know that a lot of people have been kind of following our journey online. And uh, so, if you have questions for us, uh, we would love yeah, to hear from you. Yeah, put a question them. there. So, if you have a question, you want to ask us something, uh, feel free to ask. I feel like I have too much headcrack. Oh, it's bugging me. Is it bugging? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, I was at Mercy Gate today. Oh, yeah, tell and, us about Mercy Gate. Uh, yeah, so, um, so, yeah, there's this one guy. Uh, normally, I don't I don't normally pray for people because I came in the, at the early shift. I was helping out with some other things. Uh, but we just got so busy that I jumped in with intake uh, where you, you bring people in and you ask them, what do you need, and how can I pray for you? And so, so normally you do pray for people. Normally I pray for people, but okay. this is kind of a rare time when I came came to a different shift. Okay. And they have other people doing the intake, but uh, we we're so busy with the intake that I jumped into into that role to, to help the the line. Anyways, uh, one guy came in, and and so we, we prayed for his mom, who's going to have um, um, some exploratory surgery with her heart and stuff. Uh, so when then we got done, normally people would have just kind of gone on, give them some food and stuff. But, uh, I'd ask him, do you need any prayer? Do you have any back pain? And so then, uh, he said, yeah, man, I got this degenerative disc and it hurts and stuff like that and stuff. And so I prayed for him and he did get some relief and stuff. And then, then I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, was saying to me, look at his hat. So I looked at his hat. And it had this um, Indian symbol with a dream catcher oh. thing on it. 
And so then I asked him, what's your hat about? And he says, yeah, I just, I just learned that I have a Native American ancestry. I didn't know that. And, uh, and stuff like that. And so I was thinking like, oh, maybe there's some connection there. Yeah. Uh, because you know how you know, they have a lot of anim- animistic or worship. Uh, yeah. You probably know more than what I do. But uh, anyway, there could be some connection with all the ailments that he has and stuff. So I tried to talk to him about it, but he just kept, you know, how some people just kind of go in auto talk mode. <laughs> and I just couldn't get him to, to go there. So I felt like I, I just couldn't go that way. But I thought it was kind of interesting and stuff like that. Yeah, we've been talking a lot on the Facebook page about cursed objects and dream catchers is one of those things that. Uh, People often look at it as just being like a cultural ish, uh, item, but it definitely has some religious significance and is something that I recommend that people uh, remove from their house and see if they notice anything because uh, oftentimes they can have spirits attached to them. Mm. And so, yeah, that's a, it, it, it's, it's, it's been a good thing for me to do to it, say, hey, I, I try. Not wearing your hat for a week. See if your health improves. Oh, this is a little experiment. Yeah. They'll say those yeah, we com- got a question. Yeah, those conversations I are always hard. I'm here so my eyes here. Okay, so Lisa wants to know, when doing deliverance, is there one spirit harder or more difficult to cast out than another? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, the type of deliverance that, that I do... Um, we just we go after uh, the demon in highest authority. It's the highest ranking demon. Um, it's not the traditional type of deliverance. I have a video about traditional deliverance on my YouTube channel, and um, it's not where you're casting them out one by one and you have to name each one. That's kind of more the traditional kind. Um, the type of deliverance that I've been trained in is that we go after the demon in highest authority, and then. Um, all of the demons that are under him uh, have to go. So once he departs, they all have to depart with him. Um, and you freeze the rank too, so they yeah, can't, they can't switch rank. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's part important. of the it's part of the ground rules. Uh, the type of deliverance we use is uh, incorporates ground rules into it, and that's something that traditional deliverance doesn't typically do. So yeah, freezing the asking Holy Spirit to freeze the ranks, and um, so that they don't, they're not switching. And, um, so the, the demons really are theoretically all the same to cast out because you're going after the head demon. However, I will say this, that sometimes what happens after you throw out the head demon and all of his cohorts, um, people can, um, struggle more with the rebuilding of how they think the mental strongholds and breaking those down are actually um, almost harder than the deliverance itself because people have um, patterns of thought and so if they've had um, a lot of issues let's say with legalism they've been a highly legalistic person even if the demon of the highest authority who was in charge of legalism is gone, that person has a lot of habits in how they think, and so they can easily fall into old patterns of thought and not even realize it. Or if they 
um, had anxiety, um, they can fall back into it. And so it's not that they can get reinfested so much as they can, they just have a lot of bad habits. And so the type of deliverance that I do, a huge component of it is after the deliverance, getting that person to reprogram their mind so that they think differently and they interact with their world differently. Those people who do that extra work get the most free. Um, but what I'm finding is that some people really struggle with doing that extra work because they're so, they, they're, they have these patterns or habits of thought that um, they think that after the demonic's gone that their mind is just magically going to be different and it's just not. And you, it, there's the space and the potential for reprogramming your mind with truth, but you actually have to do some work into it. So. In my experience, I haven't found that one particular type of demon is more difficult to cast out, but I will say that legalism and religious kind of remnants in people is very long-lasting, and you really have to work pretty hard to reprogram that. Anxiety is very difficult for people to reprogram. They have to really press into that and reprogram how they think because they have a lot of bad habits. I don't know, do you have anything to add to that? Well, no, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking, because it's like, you know, you could do the work of getting someone set free, but then if that person kind of goes back to his old habits, um, or just how they're used to thinking, then they're just going to invite that uh, those demons back in. Now, would you say then that, is that uh, an, a situation where, a demon comes back with seven of his friends and, and their condition is worse? Or or would you not say that? I think that it's definitely a possibility, especially in traditional deliverance. If you don't know, if you haven't had any instruction about how to walk in your freedom and maintain your freedom, um, then yeah, it's pretty easy to get reinfested. But that's why I always recommend Freedom Encounters because they actually have uh, more... Freedom Encounters has steps for um, helping the client keep their freedom and keep walking in that. And so that's that's really what I have found to be the best option yeah. out there. So and, and maybe also say, too, that another reason why, because uh, a demon doesn't come along and says, hey, do you want to be invested with me? Or yeah. can, I, can I invest you? <laughs> it's like, no, they have this uh, this lie or this promise, hey, if you let me, if you come in agreement with, with me or this lie, I promise you to give you these things, these things. Yeah. And so there's this promise of, of some benefit along with it. And so once a demon is gone, then whatever benefit the person was getting from the, being invested with this demon, that's also gone too. And now the, it, it's a challenge for the person to now trust in the Lord for that thing. Because sometimes someone may have been hurt or wounded, and so they're re relying on, you know, getting uh, some comfort or relief. Uh, maybe through something that, that is harmful to them or yeah. maybe through some sin, habitual sin. Yeah. But uh, now that that demon is gone, it's like, well, now, now how am I going to get this need met? And, yeah. and, and trusting the Lord for that takes another level of, of faith to do that as well. Yeah, that's a good word. Because so that's a, how the kind of mental stronghold. But, but another thing is, too, to say is, you know, uh, it, as Chris said, it's not all like you go to deliverance and it's a magic prayer and your life is perfect for both Chris and I can te testify to is that, you know, there's, there's layers, uh, because, you know, you can get free from something and, and, and then, 
once you press into that freedom, you'll discover that there's something else that you need to be set free of. My, my friend calls it uh, peeling the onion. You know, once you start doing it, there's another layer, another yeah. layer. But what we have found is the more freedom we press in for, Father always has more available. And so it's not like a one and done kind of thing. It's you can get a lot of relief, but then, you know, we continue to um, confess our sins. We can continue to repent. We continue to ask for forgiveness, to be quick with the forgiveness, quick with repentance. And then also just things will emerge. Sometimes we're like, wow, there's some unfinished business there. Um, you know, I got to I gotta tend to that. And sometimes so. that's, that can be very, very hard, very, very challenging. Like, yeah. like you might just get a little hint of like, okay, this is something that's out of place. This is something that that uh, shouldn't be there. And it, and it can be real challenging to really uh, take a hard look at that in yourself. Okay, is this something from, from the Lord? Is this, a, is this a lie that I've given myself over to? And uh, it can be real challenging to... Um, press into that yeah. and, and to face that and to, and to be free from that. Yeah. So that, take, that takes a lot of work. Well, what I found with a lot of my clients is Holy Spirit has a way of bringing these things to the surface at just the right time. When that person's ready, then they can, they're ready to press on for more. And even in our own life, when we notice like we have a huge upset of emotion that seems out of proportion to the situation, that's often a red flag. Like, okay, wait a minute. There's, there might be something going on here. And uh, so, you know, we're always trying to help each other, support each other, pressing in for more freedom. And we want to invite anyone else who's watching to type in their questions that you have for us. We're going to be here about 15 more minutes. So type in your questions now if you'd like to uh, know more about deliverance or healing, supernatural ministry, or theology. And you know, the whole, like I said before, our Holy Spirit's teaching us too. We're not trying to set ourselves up as, you know, any sort of super duper experts. Yeah, no, we're just sharing yeah, we're our experience sh and yep. what, what the Lord has, has taught us so far. And and uh, so, yeah, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to type them out there. Let's see, we know Diana's in the group. I don't know who else is there. We got yeah. uh, Lisa and uh, There's four two other people. other people. We can't really sell them. So who are some of your favorite healing teachers? Uh, my, i got to say my number one favorite is uh, Diana, Diana Jamerson. I think she's my favorite one right there. She's, she's so powerful in the spirit. And, boy, she she doesn't take anything from from, uh, That's right. from any demons or anything. like. She just, she just goes right in for the jugular, and, <laughs> and she just shows no mercy. But... Uh, yeah, Dan, Dan is good. I, I, Tom Loud is, is one of my favorites. Uh, I just love his uh, very simple, direct approach. And uh, uh, makes a lot of sense for people who are just stepping out. It's very basic, very simple, Tom Loud. Go on YouTube, type in Tom Loud or Tom Loud Healings. And he has numerous Tons. Tons uh, of healing videos. I, I like him a lot. I, I think that... Um... I don't know who my favorite is. I like, um, I think the first one I found was Todd White, and that's what kind of introduced me to this whole world. Todd White and, and Pray Medic. And then Pete Cabrera. Yeah, and Pray Medic. Pray Medic was actually the first Yeah, one that was the first, like, book I read. And then he mentioned Todd White in the book, and then I went and Googled that, and that was how I 
kind of stumbled into this and then Pika Barrera. Um, I think that the videos I enjoy the most are ones where there's sort of um, a face-off between uh, another religion that claims healing and um, yeah, yeah, Christianity. That, those are my favorite because that's, I don't know, more in the realm of the demonic and, and I, that's sort of more in the realm of what I do. But like there's a video that Pete Cabrera has I really enjoy. I've watched it several times now where he's at some kind of um, kind of fair and there's a booth there of Scientology and they have these massage healers. And so he lets the guy, he finds some guy with back problems and they go to the Scientology booth and they get a massage for like 20 minutes. And the poor guy's like in such agony through the whole thing. Did, did I do anything? No. No. <laughs> then, Eat pizzas. Okay, stand back. I'm going to do that. Yeah, so then he stands up and, and Pete uh, puts hands on him and his back starts getting warm. And, and that's probably one of my all-time favorites. That one and the one where Pete's in um, Africa and there's a witch doctor and she's like taking people's money uh, and giving them these like herbs or something. And then uh, Pete has the translator tell everyone that he's going to heal everyone in the crowd for free. <laughs> and, and the witch doctor runs away with all their money and he, he and his team start praying for everybody. That's, that's probably yeah. one of my second favorites. Yeah, yeah. So Tom yeah. Fisher's good. Uh, Art Thomas. They're both really good. Oh, Art Thomas is probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like his kind of very simple style. Um, it, I've, it, I really like uh, Art Thomas yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. He's probably my favorite. Yeah. So, yeah. If anyone else has any questions for us, we're going to be here uh, another 14 minutes or so. 14. Yeah. Okay. It's very exciting. All right. John Jamerson's on. All right. So, uh, oh, Sergio and Sarah, I was talking to them last night. What made you get into deliverance ministry? Ooh. Wow. Okay. Well, um, so uh, two years ago, I didn't know anything about deliverance. I'd never heard of it. I didn't know anything about it. I'd been in seminary for, I don't know, 12 years. And I think I knew that demons were real. I knew that. I knew that Satan was real. I knew that there was probably demonic things in third world countries, and that was probably as much thought as I'd given to it. I read Carl Payne's book, and that really opened my eyes to things. And then um, when I actually went through Deliverance, um, one of the pieces of information that came forward was that this was actually um, my calling, and that it had been hijacked by the enemy, and I had been involved in some other hobbies, and doing some other things, and um, it was really a, uh, a revelation for me that, that this is what God had kind of called me to do, and um, so I went about a year just trying to walk out my freedom and grow in my faith and, and everything, but then um, when I started going through the training, that really opened my eyes to... Uh, things and I just it does seem as though this is what God has for me I mean I I, <laughs> I will uh, 
I enjoy talking about deliverance, and when I'm not talking about deliverance, I enjoy praying for people to get free, and that's pretty much what I do. Uh, I have a job, so I have to go to my job, and but even when I'm at my job every day, I'm thinking about, like, Holy Spirit, what are you teaching me, and what's happening here in the spirit realm, and I'm trying to press in for that, and that just seems to be why God made me. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But you're good at it, too, because you got that sort of an inspector kind of personality that just wants to get to the bottom of things. <laughs> and so even when somebody comes in with the issue, you're like, you're asking all these Columbo-type questions and trying to get to the bottom of what's going on here and stuff. And yeah. So you're really good at it. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I try. <laughs> Hopefully my clients feel the same way. Um, okay, Mary, oh, uh, since I have a brother-in-law and I feel that he, his partial blindness from shingles, ooh, that's painful, uh, is caused by afflicting spirits. He's not a believer, but has, has, he's not a believer, has been a quote-unquote Christian, but now has lots of resentments and bitterness. Oh, that's too bad. How best for me, a spirit-filled believer, to approach him since I'm related? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Um, if... There's, there's kind of two schools of thought about this, and I'm just going to be honest. This is something that the Holy Spirit is still teaching me about. And um, doing deliverance on unbelievers is still something that I am praying through. Um, here's what I feel fairly certain of, is that um, there's no ground for someone to keep their deliverance if they don't have the Holy Spirit. Um, and the ministry of Jesus, he doesn't seem to require repentance or belief in him as a Messiah in order to get free. Um, so there's a school of thought that, that focuses on, on that point, and I think it's a very thoughtful, thoughtful point. My problem is that if the person doesn't have Holy Spirit, they don't have ground to keep their deliverance, and then it's very easy for them to get reinfested and be worse off than they were before. And so for me personally, the Holy Spirit has not released me to pray for unbelievers as of yet. I'm open to it. He might put me in a situation where that's required, and I would step into that if that's what he led me to do. But in my prayer ministry, I only pray for believers um, because I want to help them keep their freedom. Now, it's a tricky subject. It's, it's, it's difficult. So just know that that's kind of a question in the background. Like I said, Holy Spirit's still teaching me about that. Um, if it's an illness, you know, you can always try to just command the afflicting spirit to come out and to um, heal him. I mean, I'm a big believer in trying conventional commanding first. and But then if you don't see fruit in that, um, the fact that he struggles with resentment and bitterness toward the body of Christ um, could potentially be an issue. And again, there's different schools of thought about that as well as to whether or not someone needs to confess their sins or their bitterness before they can get healed. Some people say yes, some people say no. So I would say just go ahead and pray for him. It can't hurt. Yeah. He and the Lord might have favor toward him and, and might heal him um, and if he's open to it. If he's not open to it, 
you can't really do it against people's will. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, yeah, just keep praying for him. Pray that uh, you know that that the, the enemy will be paralyzed in him, and that uh, the Lord will send evangelists to him to answer the questions he may have. Mm, yeah. Uh, but if you have opportunities to talk to him. Uh, one good question maybe ask him is, hey, if you could ask God any question, what would it be? And maybe he kind of, he could then kind of be honest with you about where he's at with stuff. And if he does feel a lot of hurt and resentment, maybe uh, speak into that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just keep pressing into it. Um, seek the Holy Spirit yeah. for, for uh, words and of encouragement and directions and Keep asking for people to um, minister to him on, on your behalf. And, and, and really focus on loving him yeah. and, and knowing him first. Not having the agenda of getting him healed, but really focus on loving him and listening to what his objections are. And maybe what he needs even more than the physical healing is emotional healing. And maybe he would be open to yeah. that conversation. Um, I think an important concept that Todd White talks about this is that you know when people have bitterness or anger towards God or other people, it's important. For them to understand that um, that it's it's the enemy's game plan to cause pain and suffering in their life, and then blame God for it. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, you gotta help them to understand that. You know, yes, there is God. Yes, it's powerful, but there's other forces involved. And it and and the reason why that's set up like that is because God wants to give us free will choice to, to choose Him. Uh, but if we're constantly choosing. Uh, voices of the enemy and staying bitter and resentful um then we're just that person is giving more room and ground to the enemy yeah. so um sure maybe that person was hurt it's you know it's legitimate but uh the enemy has convinced them that, that it's god's fault that god did that and so they need to you know well they can't repent of that and say lord i forgive you and so i think the short-term solution is just love and yeah. just seeing what's up with them and hearing their difficulty I find sometimes it's effective for me to even apologize on behalf of the people that have hurt that person, especially yeah. if they're Christians. It's just sort of stand in and say, you know, I'm really sorry that those people hurt you, that happened to you. And sometimes just even doing that, Jesus can use that as a way to yeah. begin to minister yeah. healing to them emotionally. Yeah. So well, those are some ideas. Yeah. It's a tough situation. And he's, your brother-in-law is very fortunate and blessed to have you as a, family member that can minister yeah, to him. We live in a fallen world. It's not a perfect world. Yeah. And so we've got the enemy trying to distort things and lie to us. And so we just need to make those people who are suffering and are not believers to understand that, you know, that that's just how it's set up right now. Yeah. So we got another question, I believe. Yeah. So our friend John um, says, what should you do if you don't see results? When you pray for healing over someone, it's a great question. Yeah. Well, what would you say? Well, at first, when I stepped into healing, this was something that always bothered me because you know I you'd see all these great videos online of people getting healed and, and all these great healings and reactions of people, and you know you really yeah. want to have that. But um, the, the thing that I've learned is um, just because you don't necessarily see something doesn't mean nothing happened um, where we can't really see in the spiritual realm but you have to know and believe and understand that things are happening in the spiritual realm when you pray when you consistently pray and um, oh your mother's yeah. watching oh that's exciting right. you better be on your best behavior 
Right. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, yeah. So uh, you have to just just know that when you pray for people, that uh, things are happening in the spiritual realm, and that and just because you're not necessarily seeing something happening right away, right in front of you, doesn't mean that nothing's happening. Um, there's been times when I've prayed for people, I didn't see anything, but then maybe later I might see them again, and, and they were much better. They were, yeah. There was one guy that came to Mercy Gate, and, oh, he was in a bad way, he had cancer, he was addicted, he was homeless, and you prayed for him, and then you saw him months later, and yeah, he, he was, was doing pretty, a lot better. Cancer and stuff. Yeah, so, um, but you just, you just gotta have, just, just trust in the Lord, because, um, I can't remember exactly where the Bible verse is, but, you know, the Lord says that, you know, my word doesn't return to me void. That when you step out in faith and you, you, you command the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for healing, because you're really doing it out of love. That, that really should be your primary motivation. And you're doing it because you're being led by the Holy Spirit. If you're doing it out of those two reasons, you're being led by the Holy Spirit, you're doing it out of love, then it's going to have success in the way that God wants it to have success. It may not be exactly how you want to see it, but it's going to have the type of success and fruit that God wants to see. So that's what I would say to that. I think my answer would be that, uh, and this is still a question I'm thinking through, John, uh, in all honesty, but I think that right now my answer to that question is that my job as a disciple of Jesus, uh, as a minister of the gospel, is to, if somebody comes to me and they want me to pray for healing, my job is to command uh, healing and power and authority, as Jesus delegated us to do that. My job is not to worry about the result. My job is to obey what Jesus told me to do. And um, I'm still honestly thinking through the whole question of, whether or not healing is part of the atonement, I'm not totally convinced of that yet. I'm open, I'm researching, I'm looking into it. Um, but for me, that's still an open question. But what I am like more firm on in my conscience is that uh, we're to follow the example of Jesus and, and command healing. And so, you know, as many times as someone wants me to pray for them, I'm going to step into that and pray for them. And, um, I'm not going to worry about what the result yeah. is per se. And another thing you could do too is, um, is as you're praying for healing for someone, yeah, obviously there's something you want to see manifest. But what I like to do is when I, when I pray for someone, uh, after I'm done, and maybe I may not have seen, seen anything manifest, I ask the person, um, did anything come up? Did a thought or a vision or a picture or anything come up as I was praying, and that might be a springboard for something else. Open. Uh, oh, now your door. sister's watching. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Uh, I think you're more. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. So yeah, um, use it as an opportunity to ask. Hey, did did you notice anything? Because sometimes I'd be praying for healing for someone. Yeah. And then it like might move to another part of the body. Or um, a, a thought or a feeling might come up, and just use it as an opportunity that that's where the Holy Spirit wants to move you. Yeah, and you know, and then you start getting into the whole. Now we're off John's question, but this is sort of where that's going is. Then you get in a whole conversation about the relationship between healing and deliverance, and there are some uh, things that are, I think, um, complicated about healing. There's some healings, 
they're very straightforward. You can just command it, and it seems to happen quickly, and it's not a big deal. But there's other types of healing that, or sickness, is caused by the demonic, and it's much more complicated to deal with. And the normal, what I call conventional healing, simply doesn't work for that. And I had a situation back in March where I went for a prayer appointment, and at the end of the prayer appointment, uh, apparently there was a curse, and I got Bell's palsy after that. And Bob was so diligent about praying for me through that Bell's palsy to release my face and praying. Oh man, I remember being in the ER and you know he was praying, 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 and it did release some, but it wasn't getting healed. And it wasn't until we addressed it in the demonic realm and released it yeah, that way, had, it was instant, and the Bell's palsy was yeah, instantly healed. Yeah, we had someone else help us yeah. with, with that situation because it was it wasn't it was, responding it was a pretty, to pretty pretty advanced uh, demonic attack on Krista, uh, someone who had the gift of strong spiritual sight that could really see what was going on. And once uh, we were able to identify that, and it was, did you have instant relief? Yeah. Pretty much? Yeah. Okay. It was like I went from my brain not being able to communicate with my mouth, and I couldn't smile, I couldn't do anything, and once that was released, it was like instantly my brain was able to communicate with the facial mus muscles. And so healing, I'm learning, is sometimes I just say just go for it. You know, just go with the conventional way. Step into it because you never know um, what's there. But if you're not seeing fruit after a long time, there might be some demonic complications of curses or agreements that that person has made. And that has to be dealt with in a different way. And so I wish that it was more of a clear-cut answer, but it just doesn't appear to be. Yeah, so. yeah. You always are going to have success when you move in and you pray for healing into someone. Um, you may not be the kind of success that your, your your flesh may want to see, but it's going to have success in the spiritual realm yeah. because, as the Bible says, you know, my word doesn't return to me void, and, and uh, it's going to yield good fruit. And yeah. God's going to see that because you're stepping out in the faith of it. But sometimes it is complicated. Yeah, Lisa, do you have specific prayers you say before and after the prayer meetings to protect yourself from backlash? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Talking about deliverance? Yeah, okay. yeah. So there's a whole uh, prayer routine that I go through before I pray for a client uh, for protection. And then there's daily prayers that I pray for protection. Um, what I'm learning, however, is that in my case, because I'm dealing with... Um, a very high level of deliverance uh, these spirits are fairly crafty and they will find ways to get loopholes around things and demons are highly legalistic they're like the worst attorneys you can ever possibly imagine and um, they I had a situation a couple days ago I was praying for somebody and um, there was, it was a fairly complicated scheme that we had to drill through. And the aftermath of that was then I woke up the next morning and I had significant numbness in my legs. But then I had to pray about that and ask the Holy Spirit, like, hey, what's going on here? Should I be worried? 
Holy Spirit's like, don't worry about it. I got this. And then by today, it was all gone. So um, things do happen for me that don't happen for him. He doesn't seem to get those kinds of physical attacks. Uh, it's pretty regular that I get physical attacks. I get, I've been to the ER uh, for the Bell's palsy. I had to go to urgent care once a few weeks ago. Um, there's, there's definitely attacks to, it seems to be their thing for me is attacks to my physical body. Um, and so when, when things start happening, um, he's always interceding for me, but yeah, I do have prayers, um, from our ministry to help protect us and they're very effective, but, uh, just because of the nature of the high level of deliverance that I'm doing, um, it can be complicated, more complicated for me. So that's just, again, something the Holy Spirit's teaching me about. And um, you get an attack means you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the way of looking at it. I just am just humbly trying to do what the Lord's called me to do. And I, I don't really talk about the attacks too much because I don't want people to think that I'm trying to play some kind of sympathy card. It's just part of the um, price of ministry for me. But I'm willing to stand in the gap for people and be in that risk because yeah. the Holy Spirit's assured me, don't worry about it. I've got it. Whatever happens, um, I can reverse it. So yeah. that's yeah. kind of how I think about yeah. it. Try not to be and fearful. Can we mention the name of the ministry you do? I don't know. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> All right. Who has another question? Yes. I would like to see if your sister would ask a question. That would be fun. Yeah, who has more questions here? Oh, someone says amazing. Mary Keller Bean says amazing. Yes, it is amazing. Oh, the Holy Spirit's amazing. <laughs> so, oh, we got nine people watching. Right I know. Wow, we've been talking. Great. We've been talking to each See, other. The more you hour. talk, the more people are gonna. I know. Gonna join here and stuff. So this is great. Yeah, this is ask us, ask Chris anything, and I'll jump in with any any thoughts or comments. Uh, nobody asked a question. I'll give another minute or so. Oh, yeah, a couple. Then we'll wrap minutes. it up if uh, no one's got a question. And um, I think that I just want to encourage you to go to my YouTube channel. If you haven't yet subscribed, to hit the subscribe button. I'm, I got two new videos that I filmed last night that I'll be getting, getting posted soon. And um, just always asking the Holy Spirit to give me ideas and see what uh, people need to hear. And there's sometimes where he wakes me up early in the morning and tells me like, hey, let's do this today. So, and I think that the word I want to leave you all with is that to wake up every day and ask the Holy Spirit, what, what do you want us to do today? That you are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and you can partner with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is already doing things in people's lives all around you. And just ask the Holy Spirit every day, what are you doing in people's lives? Because you want to be partnering with the Holy Spirit in that. And if he prompts you to talk to somebody or give somebody a word, um, step into that because the Holy Spirit's probably already at work in that person's heart and you're now partnering with that. So, um, well, thank you, Diana, for posting a link to my YouTube channel. Uh, oh, Kathy, you look great. That's okay. It'll be posted yeah, try, later. Try not to be late next time, okay? <laughs> Uh, Holy Spirit wants us to drink more coffee. Oh, I don't know about that, John. Uh, not a coffee fan. I know your wife is, though. But 
You know, I, I don't think there's going to be coffee in heaven. <laughs> I think I think there's going to be something better than coffee. Do you hear that sound? That was Diana Jamerson <laughs> unfriending you on Facebook. That's what that was. So well, we'll have the Holy Spirit. We won't need coffee. So. <laughs> Although we have the Holy Spirit now. That's so. right. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, joining us. And we'll no be, more questions? We'll Real be doing seriously? this week. 9 people here. So one of you has to have a question. We're prolonging this? Is that what we're doing? Oh, you want it, you, you want it to end. Well, okay. I'm, I'm tired of talking to myself. Shame on you, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, your sister had mom and dad over for dinner. Oh, or, good. Yes. Good. Nice. Well, thanks for everyone for being part of our little experiment here, and uh, we hope that we've blessed you and um we just are so grateful to be walking in life with many of you and thank you for being part of our journey and we just want to thank and glorify the father and all for all he's done in our lives and you have any parting thoughts uh no just that uh, you know the christian life is just you know what you want to make it what you want to press in for um so just uh just keep pursuing the holy spirit and uh, we'll we'll do that. So looks like we got someone else. Oh, here. thank Kathy's you. I don't drink coffee either. <laughs> Betty doesn't drink coffee. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, I like coffee, but it just the caffeine just. So Kathy Kathy wants to know. My mother in law keeps thinking you need to pray the devil away, but what about praying to God? That's her reaction to spiritual warfare. Um, yeah, I think that that's legit, Kathy. Um, uh. Sergio and Sarah want more teaching on cursed objects, but we'll have to pray about that, see what the Holy Spirit has to say, if he has anything more for me on that. Um, after the whole unicorn thing this week, I think I've had enough cursed objects well, pray, for a while. Pray the, pray the devil away. That's yeah. kind of what you're doing when you, when you command healing. You're, yeah. you're not like, in, in a sense, you're commanding yeah. the devil. So, so if you're talking about commanding and praying is the same thing, and that's kind of a sense of what you're doing. Yeah, I, th I think, Kathy, it's a great question because I think it's a common misconception of what uh, deliverance is. And it's probably confusing because I always use the word that I'm praying for people and deliverance. Really what I'm doing is I'm commanding um, demons to depart. But if you look in the Gospels and the Book of Acts, I just want to like encourage you to uh, consider reading through like how Jesus interacts with healing and with the demonic and he doesn't do things like praying to the father and say father if it's your will will you please heal so and so or will you please set them free from the demonic rather he walks in power and authority and he he commands those evil spirits to come out he co he rebukes sickness but then he also teaches his disciples to do the same thing and we see them following that pattern in the book of acts and um, I have some teachings about this on my YouTube channel where I really break this down verse by verse. If you watch in the series on ministering like Jesus, um, I'll give you all the biblical support there. But kind of in a nutshell, I would say that we as Jesus' disciples follow in that pattern of commanding with power and authority. And so we're not like uh, praying to the devil. We're commanding him because we're in authority over him. And where I pray is I pray um, in my quiet place. I pray before I go out and c command. 
like Jesus would go to the lonely places and go and retreat and be with the Father. And then when he would go out in ministry, he would command and he would walk in power and authority. So that's the example that I try to follow is I do my praying before I go out into ministry. And then when I'm in the ministry, I'm walking in my delegated power and authority. So it's not quite accurate to say I'm praying the devil away. I'm not praying to the devil. I'm commanding him, but I pray before I go out in ministry. Yeah, so yeah. I think what helped me is a big mind shift was uh, before um, gotten to deliverance and pray for healing is my, I used to always think like, okay, I'm like way down here. I'm like at the bottom of the barrel and stuff. Okay. And then the, the enemy is, is right here. It's above me and they have all this power and authority to inflict pain and stuff like that. And then God's way up high here and stuff like that. So I got to pray to God to change things of the enemy's work. But really the mind shift, it was like, you know, Okay, the enemy might hear, well, I'm, I'm up here. You know, I have power and authority, you know, over me because I'm a son of God. I, I'm, I'm a child of God. I've been adopted into the kingdom. Yeah. I have the Holy Spirit living within me. And as a result of that, that gives us authority because uh, Jesus Christ has given us and has shared his authority with us because the Holy Spirit, his helper, is living within us. And yeah. so we have this authority. We just, we don't recognize this. The enemy wants us to think, you know, we're way down here and we're just this lowly, you're you know, bottom feeder down here, and we're just, you know, got to rely on God to do do the work. But, no, God wants us to be here to realize, hey, we can take authority. We can we can command this healing. And the more you step into that, the uh, stronger you become, the stronger yeah. and you grow in your Christian walk. And, sure, you may not, and the enemy's trying to keep you down here, trying to keep you, you know, at the bottom. Yeah. But you just always got to recognize your identity in Christ. And that's like the, the, the main thing that really unlocked all this for us. It's like, hey, we have a specific identity in Christ. And uh, that has just really just skyrocketed our, our Christian life. So. Yeah, that's good. Thank um, you. Get more questions. Well, Diana says that's a good word. See, isn't he going to be? Hey, good. Thanks, Diana. He's going to be a preacher someday. I keep telling him this. He doesn't have the vision yet. Um, but Lisa, we're going to be doing these AMAs. I'm hoping like maybe once a month or so. Uh, I'm also going to be doing them over on my Theology Mom page uh, where I get more theological and apologetics type of questions. So I try to keep those pages separate because they're kind of appeal to two different groups of people. But um, Bob and I will do these every so often to uh, just try to connect with people and answer your questions so i want to thank everyone for joining us tonight and it's been a great uh conversation and um yeah i just uh am so grateful and want to close this out with a word of prayer oh sure all, all right. right all right lord jesus we just thank you for everyone who's uh joined us in this uh live ask me anything and we just thank you lord for uh your love that uh, we can be uh, your disciples, we can uh, express your love, we can manifest your love, Lord Jesus Christ, and and destroy the works of the enemy. We just thank you, Lord, for this uh, great privilege, Lord Jesus. I just pray for everyone in the, who's watching this that they've been encouraged to step more into uh, freedom, more into the, the power and the, the works of the Holy Spirit, and that uh, they will uh, continue to uh, seek you. As it says in James 4, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. If you come close to God, he will come close to you. So, Lord, I just pray that the people will just step, press more into the things of God, continue to seek him, continue to uh, look for him. And, God, you promise to make yourself known.
uh, show yourself to us. Thank you, Lord, for all that, and just bless everyone who's watching this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, wait, you got one more? Is that it? Mary just says thank you. Do another okay. one. Okay, yes. <laughs> Bye-bye, everyone. Okay. God bless. Bye-bye.